This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some didn't I just feed you version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone even our last-minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up and the process is automated so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. Really cooking chicken to the right temperature is such a critical component of making it taste good. And that's why I really believe in the thermometer. We were kind of being flippant before, but especially if your chicken doesn't come out the way you want it to come out every time, a thermometer will help you because every oven is different. Like no written recipe is going to get you to that right place the way a thermometer will. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Welcome to this week's episode where we're going to talk about chicken, chicken, chicken. I'm the chicken lady. Things you <laughs> never thought you'd say about yourself in your entire life. Really, we're going to talk about Stacey's new book and also talk about shopping for chicken. But I, every time we talk about chicken, I just think of this like terrible prank that exists on the internet where this person realized they could send printer sheets to their neighbor's oh, yeah. printer. <laughs> and for whatever reason, they were sort of like having this neighborly dispute. And so this person designed like a oh, 20 page PDF and the single word in it is chicken. <laughs> 
there's like diagrams and charts, but it's just like chicken, 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 chicken. And so they would send it to their neighbor's printer to be a nuisance and just like print off these chicken documents. That it's is, the greatest prank That in all is times. the greatest prank. That is so good. And I kind of wish I had done it. Right? Then what if I did that as a like be the a, chicken queen? The publicity stunt for the book. <laughs> It's not too late. You could start sending it out, sending out the PDF with all the books that are ordered. I mean, listen, hey, we're all home right now. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel like you have better things to do with your time. Oh, you think? (laughs) I do. I do. Hey, before we dive in talking about winner, winner, chicken dinner, we should remind everyone to take a moment and hit subscribe wherever they're listening right now so you don't miss any of the really great upcoming episodes we have planned for you. And if you're feeling really generous, you can rate and review too. It helps a ton. Plus, we know you can do it while you're listening because you're a parent, which means you're a master multitasker. Okay, Stacey, you wrote Make It Easy. That was that was several years ago. What was the process of deciding on a chicken book as your next cookbook? So I, it's really funny because I do feel like both books – I was really resistant, you know, um, a long time ago when I had OneHungryMama.com and it was popular (laughs) before I started focusing more on being a food editor and freelancing. I had gotten approached about a book for like, you know, several times, but I just felt like unless I know what I'm going to say that I can be sure is going to be super helpful and hasn't been said the same way before, I don't want to write a book. Like I don't need to tread the same ground because I do feel like information overload and all these quote unquote experts saying the same thing over and over doesn't actually help parents. So, you know, I had a whole process of figuring out what I wanted make it easy to be about and how I thought that it could be different and helpful in a new way. So that process happened. And then I was like, "Hmm, the next book will come to me. And It really, I had all these different crazy ideas, but the one thing you hear over and over when you're a freelance writer, editor for food online is that everybody is searching for chicken over and over. And as I did the research, it turns out that um, several years ago, chicken overtook beef as the most selling protein in the United States. So like everybody's buying chicken, tons of it. Right. Everybody is looking for chicken recipe, tons of them. And I also think it's interesting that, like, I have to assume, given the volume of searches for chicken recipes, that y'all are, like, doing it over and over. So I'm sure you're finding chicken recipes you like, but you are, you you keep going back and you want more of them. (laughs) Right. Because especially, like, boneless, skinless chicken breast only gets you so far flavor-wise with salt and pepper. You, like, need other ways to do it. I just think of, like, the the family packs of chicken. Like, that's how I think everyone is shopping for chicken in my mind, even though I'm not. And so they just need ideas to, like, use it up and make it feel new and fresh every single night or even for lunches. Yeah. So I was like, you know, listen, if I want to help busy home cooks, (laughs) putting together some chicken recipes sounds like it would be helpful, Yeah, given what we're seeing. Also, the fact that people are going back and looking over and over, I do think that while we all have that like site or two that we love and go to for recipes over and over, the internet 
like unless you're super organized, I, it's just hard to keep track of recipes you love unless you really pull them into your repertoire and you're making them over and over. Sometimes that just happens. But, you know, a lot of people are on a work computer and looking for recipes for what they're going to make at night. And then they're on their home computer and you're looking it up again. So the idea of having just one book, soft cover, colorful, really easy to maneuver that sits on your kitchen counter and has 50 chicken recipes that you know you like and all work for Monday through Friday as well as on the weekend seemed like a really good resource to put out there. Hell yes, Stacy. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I hope so. I hope so. I think it's a beautiful book and you should talk about because we were together when is it Dominic Perry who shot yes. your book? I'm so glad when, you shot him out because I yeah. was going to. We were together, were we in Austin for Mom 2.0 or something? And they were starting to shoot the photos for your book and you were like getting previews of it. And it was like just so exciting and Really, it is like the photos are beautiful, which it's such a funny thing to be on the like back, the behind the scenes of books. But it's like you, do, you ultimately you want the text to be like really useful and super reliable. But you also have to sell chicken as a single subject. And so it really does need to be beautiful. And you guys just kind of knocked it out of the park here. Uh, yeah. And also shout out to Dom. We're going to put his handle in the show notes for this episode because it's just super fun to follow his account. He does the yes. most fun, most colorful photography. And also food stylist plays a huge role in making everything look beautiful. And the food stylist for this book is Joy Howard. She is at Little Food Wonders on Instagram. She's um, also very fun to follow. She's also very fun to follow. And, you know, we picked her because she also works on a lot of like parenting publications. She works mm -hmm. with Parents Magazine and has in the past a lot. So she really gets that like colorful, like family vibe that I love. And you can see her gorgeous hands all in the book. Yes. Which I appreciate. <laughs> Okay, so give us a quick overview. I know we've been have we've had a couple ads for Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, and you just mentioned that it's fifty recipes. But also, there's like this huge front. We call it I call it front matter. That's such an insidery. But like the beginning of the book is full of lots of useful information, which I think not you know we try to keep this as evergreen as possible. But like in quarantine times, in the time of coronavirus where maybe you can't get your just like regular skinless boneless chicken breast and you're having to like be flexible to what's available at the yes. grocery store that section is invaluable so i'd love to talk a little bit if you're game about chicken shopping Shopping yes. for chicken. Shopping chicken. Chicken shopping. <laughs> shopping chicken. Um, but first, yeah. I jumped, sorry, I jumped a little ahead. I do want to hear more about the book. Like, tell everyone. Yeah. 50 recipes. So what it, else? It, all, it kind of all goes hand in hand, to be honest. So, yeah. like, I wanted this to be, there's really only, like, I think one or two other chicken-only dedicated cookbooks out there. And, and they're awful. Um, I'm just kidding. No, they're not. They're actually really great, but they're old. One is out of print. I've never seen them. I just had to say, I, that's like me defending you because you're my girl. Yes. Sorry. I appreciate that. Go ahead. I put her up to that. No, just kidding. I was paid handsomely for, for that. They were like, one is out of print. They're like 
Bibles, you know, it's like yeah. a like a how to cook everything type book. Like and there's I, even chicken livers in there and like yeah, what to like do everything. with the chicken bones. And yeah. I really felt like I wanted to make sure that the everyday busy home cook had some resources and information that they might not otherwise have that could be useful. Maybe I could even push some of you guys to practice or, you know, even just try your hand once or twice at breaking down your own bird. Um, because it's more affordable. It's a lot easier to do than you think. Um, And if you don't do it perfectly, nobody cares. You're just cooking for your family. Um, (laughs) And especially in quarantine, I actually think that that's a really useful section. So there is a chapter, how to cut up a whole chicken, step-by-step photos. So it really, like, I really do walk you through that. A little side note on that as well. Like, it's not just for fun. It's also, like... If, you know, you're, you like a whole chicken, but your picky eater only likes boneless, skinless chicken breasts, you can break up the chicken, make boneless, skinless chicken breasts out of that one bird, feed them, and then use the rest of the parts, you know, the bone in, skin on thigh and drumsticks to feed the rest of the family. And First of all, whole birds are always less expensive than the parts. Mm -hmm. And you just made use of the whole bird and you're going to have like bones left and you can make stock. I know that's not normally the way everybody thinks, but if you're trying to stick to a budget, it's a great way to shift your thinking. And now that we're all a little bit more tuned into food waste and making use of everything we get our hands on and are able to buy these days, like those are invaluable skills that I do think will last you beyond quarantine. Yes. And can I just add, I think a lot of um, regional chicken growers, for lack of a better term, are more likely to sell whole chickens right now. Like, I think if you're trying to support your local economy, you're going to need to learn how to break down a chicken. Um, yeah, and it's going to be well worth it for you, too. Farmer's market. like, mm-hmm. And that's also another way of – perfect segue. Thank you, Megan. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> buying healthier chickens. Yes. And so I have little sections on that. So basically, I really tried to think about what does the average busy home cook want to know. They want to know how to get the best chicken for their money. They want to know a little bit about labels because labels can be super confusing. They want to know about safe handling and they want those burning questions like, do I really have to have a dedicated meat cutting board? And then, you know, what tools do I need to make chicken like to make to cook it well? Because it's funny that everybody's cooking chicken all the time. But then on the flip side, everybody's complaining that their chicken's coming out like dry or bland or boring. So... I felt like when I really distilled it down, those were the key things. And I address all of those things in the first part of the book. And as wordy as I am, I worked with my editor (laughs) to really like zoom in and just give you guys like paragraphs on each of these things so you can just look, glance, learn, and move on and get to the cooking, which is the fun part. Okay. So I, I genuinely want to know... What is the best chicken to buy? I fully admit that when I buy chicken at the grocery store, I tend to buy organic chicken because I think it looks better. You know, like it's smaller breasts that are easier to cook or smaller whole chickens, but it is a lot more expensive. And I understand that that's like part partly a marketing thing in some instances, unless I'm buying from like my local farmer, yes. in which case it's like, 
it's more expensive because they're doing it at a smaller volume and they're selling direct meat. Like for so many reasons, it's more expensive. But for someone who's like new to chicken, not that anyone's new to chicken, or maybe they're being forced out of their regular chicken routine because of coronavirus, like is there a hierarchy to types of chicken? Walk us through like the labels and tell me like... Stacey, please tell me what to buy. (laughs) Okay, so this is actually a tricky one, but I am going to tell you, I'm going to give you a couple of like right off the bat pointers. Okay. So I also buy organic birds. I do that mostly because I believe in organic overall for part of the food ecosystem. Okay. If that isn't important to you, I do think it's important to keep in mind that um, just because it's organic doesn't mean it's free range. Doesn't mean at this point in our food system, doesn't even mean that it hasn't been mass produced. Right. 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 Because there are some really big organic chicken. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I buy the organic chicken, but like, is it really better? If it's yeah. still like the simple truth organic brand from Fred Meyer, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not so yeah. sure either. So I think that if you really like, if taste is important to you, like number one, do a taste test. Like now's the time. <laughs> like get <laughs> what whatever you get and take notes. Besides homeschooling, yeah. <laughs> All right, and cooking every meal and everything else. Yes. Okay, but anyway, like tasting for yourself. I do think that. Um, free range but again tricky label not the same kind of oversight as for usda organic yeah a chicken can be considered free range and still hardly get time outside so the best tasting chicken is going to be one from a grower that's local that you know about that you can talk to and if those chickens are out and about like that's great like they're healthy they're natural In the absence of that being an option, or that's just too expensive, or you just don't care enough, which no judgments, I would actually say that getting an air-chilled bird is really important for taste. I know you're going to, but I want you to say more about that. Yeah. So (laughs) birds, well, let's see. I'm going to not get gruesome here. Um, It's hard not to talk, because like, okay, people love chicken. They love to eat chicken. But the number one thing people say they're grossed out by seeing photos of or handling for real at home is chicken. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 skip the gross parts because we all eat it. And and here's the bottom line. Air chilled birds, basically once a bird is processed, mm-hmm. it has to be brought down to a certain temperature. Okay. Right. And that's by law. And sometimes that's done by dunking the birds in chilled water. And sometimes that water is chlorinated. It's okay. a safe level according to the government. I'm just letting you know that that's what it is. Air-chilled birds hang in a room with cold, purified air that's circulating around that helps bring down the temperature of the meat to the required minimum temp. Um, And you need to do that pretty quickly for food safety reasons. You want that to happen in like three and a half hours. And also, there's probably some flavor benefits. It's like buying maybe kind of equivalent to buying like flash-frozen shrimp because it's like frozen right there, right after it happens. And so... The flavor is better that way? Well, you know, the big thing here is that you're not going to get water retention. Ah. And that's what makes your meat taste not as good. And that's why sometimes those mass-produced birds are like super plump and really juicy when they're raw. There's a lot of water retention. Also, 
by the way, your wallet, you're paying for the weight. And yeah. some of that weight is water weight. Water. When That's going to like chilled. cook out. Yes. And then be drier, right? Totally. Totally. Okay. So okay. I think going for a bird that's air chilled, if it doesn't say air chilled, it's likely been chilled in water. So okay. air chilled. And I would also say try to, if you're getting a whole bird, three and a half to four pounds. The ones that are bigger are less tasty for sure. Unless you're going to like braise them. Some people are really into those older chickens for like, very classic southern chicken and dumplings where you're like stewing it yeah because then your meat is going to take on the flavor of what you're cooking it in yeah Yeah. but i generally tend to always stick i never go over four pounds personally no i agree so you can always do two birds at home yeah yeah you know and then do it that way antibiotic free that's a very tricky label um And what you want to look for, if that's something that's important to you, is actually look for the term raised without antibiotics. Okay. Or another phrase that they use is no antibiotics ever. Okay. Okay. Just keep in mind that the oversight for antibiotic-free is a little lax. That's very loose. Yeah. Organic alone (laughs) does not guarantee zero use of antibiotics. Okay. That's important to know if that stuff matters for you. And other labels like hormone-free, natural, all-natural, vegetarian-fed, cage-free, free-range, you know, all of those. Yeah. They honestly have very little applied meaning, I hate to tell you, because no, like the oversight for that is very difficult, and the minimum requirements for a lot of that stuff is very minimum. <laughs> Do you feel worried that big chicken, air quotes, is going to come after you? I'm like, ready. Oh, your labels mean nothing. I'm uh, ready. No, you know what? Because actually, this is this is government oversight. Food labels yeah, is government is. oversight. So, you know, listen, I would say air chilled. If you're getting a whole bird, stay four pounds or under. Organic is something I opt for. Free range is, I think, more important. Although, you know, it really comes down to the brand and whether it's a big mega brand like you said is this big chicken or not yeah whether it's organic even if it is organic even if it is free range if it's big chicken it probably gets the minimum time outside it's the most processed and that's just a matter of whether or not you care yeah so it sounds like you mostly shop for whole chickens but statistically most people buy breasts and thighs what should we look for if we're shopping for chicken parts I actually buy a lot of chicken thighs, boneless, skinless chicken thighs. And I I, that hurts my heart a little bit because I am a bone in skin on. And then if I need to make them boneless, skinless, I will. Yeah. My kids don't really like chicken thighs (laughs) much. It's okay. Brian's the same. And like chicken with a bone is a is a bit of contention for him. Yeah. Mike doesn't like chicken with a bone either. So weird. It is so weird. And like, I realized that I, it like, I was, (laughs) you know, is this a cross I want to die on? Like, not really. Like, not during the week. So, my family really likes whole roasted chickens. um, And they like butterfly birds. You know, they like when I take out the backbone. And um, 
I spatchcock it. I was trying not to say the word. I make a big I love joke. The word spatchcock. I know. And didn't we just talk about it with Melissa Clark? We, I her, think we like, did. Dinner in French, and we talked about it doing it with turkeys. It's not that weird to say a spatchcock, <laughs> spatchcock or butterfly, which is just you're taking out the backbone yep. and smashing your bird into a flat, even surface. I will say, if you buy a lot of chicken breasts, uh, to me, chicken breast is a pure convenience. Yes. Like, I actually had to challenge myself to include more chicken breast recipes in the book when I was first, like, brainstorming and developing recipes because I just find it's the least fun, least flavorful cut. But if you're going to buy it, I almost always butterfly it because if that's the convenience of it, that it's quick cooking, it's reliable, it's simple, it takes on whatever other flavor, then I want to make it even more quick cooking. <laughs> yeah. So I butterfly it and I basically get chicken cutlets, which of course you can buy thin cut chicken cutlets already. That's basically a breast that's been butterflied for you. Again, you're just paying more. Yeah. And for butterflying else's a breast. Labor. Yeah, butterflying a breast is super easy it to do. It takes 30 seconds. 30 seconds. You tried to do it recently on Instagram Live, which was like very cute and sweet because you obviously did grocery delivery, which a lot of us are doing right now. And what you thought were just whole breasts were yeah. actually already butterfly cutlets. You're like trying to walk us through it. But essentially, you're just like slicing through it. So it's half the thickness. You get kind of like a larger splayed out piece. Yeah. And, you know, if anyone's tried this and had a hard time, put the chicken breast into the freezer for like, you know, 10 minutes just so it gets firm yeah. and then hold it down with your palm, like your whole palm. Insert your knife at the top where it's thicker and then just slice in one swift motion or not so swift. It doesn't have to be swift, but just in one motion. So you're cutting it in half laterally. Just try not to go through it all the way. So you want to end up opening the breast like a book. And then you can slice it down the middle if you want two smaller cutlets instead of one big flat one. But I find that cutlets cook really, really fast. I mean, basically in seven minutes total, not on one side. So when I buy breasts, I almost always butterfly them. And also then you don't get those big, thick hunks of, you know, plain white meat, which I think can taste bland, or if it's something with a sauce, you know, there's never enough sauce to make that bite taste good. If it's something like chicken parmesan, you know, there's like the cheeses on top, and then you get this big, thick piece of white chicken breast. I feel like the cutlet, it's nice. It creates a better ratio overall in your dish. And you're less likely to have it be like overcooked and dry. Yeah, yes. love that. Because that, I think, is what people, like, people buy breasts. I think it's just such a ubiquitous, like, go-to. Like, obviously, that's easy. And that's what, like, I think I eat in restaurants all the time. But especially if you're buying, like, the big chicken, chicken breasts, they can be, like, really thick and take a long time to cook through. And then they're really dried out and really gross. So I think, yeah. like, thinking of them as a blank canvas and making them as quick cooking as possible is your best bet for chicken breast, yeah? Yeah, definitely. And I think also using them, cutting them up in different ways. So I use chicken breasts often for curries or stir fries, mm, yeah. you know, when I'm cutting them into cubes. I actually, for that, pre personally prefer chicken thighs, higher fat content, much more flavor. But if that's not your bag, 
And it's usually the fat content. It's like the fat pieces. Like some people don't like that. Then I would use chicken breast, boneless, skinless chicken breast. I want to just take a minute. I wish we could like make a whole episode about chicken thighs, but that wouldn't be very useful <laughs> to anyone. But us, it'd be like a whole ode to them. And instead, we're going to spend time talking about like flavoring chicken and grilling chicken and uh, some other really fun and smart service things. But man, chicken thighs, chicken thighs are just so much more flavorful. But and I if mean- you if you dislike the fatty part of it, which a lot of that is like the skin and things that are connected, like the fat that's connected to the skin, then do Stacy's move and buy the boneless, skinless thighs. They cook so much faster and they just like never are dried out. Never dried out. They're so good. They're so, so much better. I mean, I like spatchcock chickens. I'm like, why does anyone ever roast a whole bird? (laughs) Without spatchcocking it and chicken thighs. I'm like, why does anybody buy, you know, chicken, boneless, skinless chicken breast? Those were two things that I went into the book thinking. And I have to admit that even at the end of it and finding uses for every cut, I still came out of it thinking like, yeah, I still kind of wonder those things. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, to each their own. It's a lot of it has to do with, like you said earlier, what you're comfortable handling, um, what your kids are comfortable eating. So, you know, no judgment. You can make any cut of chicken work. Oh my gosh, there's something we forgot. (gasps) What is it? Temperature. This is one of the biggest questions I get. Okay. And I do want to say something, especially in advance of everybody getting the book, because if you don't read the beginning of the book, which I know some of you all don't do with cookbooks. Yeah, jump right to the recipes. You jump right to the recipes. You may not see that I gave a little bit of a note about chicken temperature, okay? Okay. So according to the USDA, chicken should be cooked to an internal temperature of at least 165 degrees Fahrenheit. Which is high. I think that's high. Throughout the book, I recommend 165 because I wanted it to be compliant with the USDA. But in the very beginning, I do note that some new guidelines say that chicken breasts can be more like 140 to 145 before resting. And that thighs and bone-in pieces, which you need to cook a little bit longer, a whole, that includes whole birds, should be more like 155 to 160. So that's something to keep in mind. And the reason why I'm giving you temperatures, you know me, Megan knows me with numbers. I'm like, mm-hmm, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for on chicken, so many levels. On, yes. like, on so, like it goes deep. Like my, the only numbers I have that are reliable are in my recipes. Like otherwise I'm like, what? Yeah. But really cooking chicken to the right temperature is such a critical component of making it taste good. And that's why I really believe in the thermometer. We were kind of being flippant before, but especially if your chicken doesn't come out the way you want it to come out every time, a thermometer will help you because every oven is different. Like no written recipe is going to get you to that right place the way a thermometer will. So bone in, whole bird, I really go to like 155, 160. And for boneless, skinless, like breasts, I do more like 145, 150, personally. I don't think that that's that controversial because I think people really underestimate 
the carryover cooking. Like if you're taking your whole chicken to 155 or even 160, it's going to get up to that 165 that the USDA calls for while it's resting before you carve it. Yes. Just saying. And even if it doesn't get quite there, it's really okay. I mean, like that 165, like coming right out of the oven, like you killed everything. All right. I feel like people are going to have more chicken questions and they should put them in the listeners group. And we will do like a little mini series, sort of like how we do what we're cooking and eating now. We'll pop in and talk about chicken a few times for the rest of the year. If you haven't already, you should definitely order Stacy's book. We have a link right on the front page of Didn't I Just Feed You where you can order it on Amazon or your local bookseller. It's a really practical book and then you can cook along with us yeah. we're gonna like share some recipes out of stacy's book because they are good so do you want to take us out phyllis yeah i'm just i was just looking through it and i was like what is the recipe i'm going to start with like what is my favorite one <gasps> you know what one of my favorite oh, things that i did in this book it? So I have a recipe for arroz con pollo and I did like a classic Puerto Rican version. And then I realized as I was developing the recipe, you can basically do any kind of arroz con pollo and how convenient to take all these chicken parts. I use leg quarters, which I like, which by the way is the bone in, skin on, leg and thigh together. Um, mm -hmm. And then I just split them myself. But that is so much more affordable than buying like two packs of, you know, drumsticks and two packs of bone-in skin-on thighs. Anyway, I realized you can do any, like I could do this with Indian flavors. I could do this with Greek flavors. And it's so convenient because you just put everything in one pot. And so I basically did a little pull-out tutorial on how to do any kind of chicken and rice. Maybe we'll start with that. I oh, think we should. I love it. Oh, but my, I love it. My I'm fried chicken sandwich also. But I, <laughs> I want know, you to I do thought, that first. <laughs> I thought you were going to because you have been making that so often oh since gosh. we've been home. Yeah. It my, looks so good. My boys are obsessed with it. Anyway. I'm going to recipe review it for us in the listeners group. <laughs> I'm scared though. <laughs> no, it's going to be good. You know it's good. You've cooked it so many times. I've I do have an so affinity many. for fried chicken for sure. I will tell you, can we just have one moment? I know you keep trying to get us out of here, but I want to say something about fried chicken because I also tested a lot of other people's recipes mm -hmm. and there were recipes that people swear by that at first I was like, what the heck? And a humongous part of the success of frying chicken has to do with getting your oil to the right temperature and maintaining it. And if you don't yep. do that, you're out of luck. Like the best recipe will turn out soggy. For sure. So you guys need a thermometer for that. Get that too. When you order my book, get a thermometer. And I will tell you that if there was one tool that I require for you to make delicious chicken, get that meat thermometer. You know, you've thought about it over the years. Listen, we just should link to it in the show notes for this. Yeah, so everyone knows it. exactly the one that they should have. And also yeah. I'll recommend a deep fry slash candy thermometer that I love. Yeah. I'm and then you can make candy. Yes. Or fried donuts, whatever you want to fry. Or fried with. donuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, or fried chicken. I was also going to say, I keep thinking about buying a, like, countertop deep fryer that's how much i love <gasps> really chicken and frying donuts and stuff yes oh are you gonna do it while you're in quarantine maybe it seems like the time it does i'm just I living want you to in do stress it. pants anyways 
<laughs> I've been thinking about getting an air fryer. Oh, we need to do an air fryer episode. We do. So many um, things, you guys. Because I love I love my air fryer. I'm yeah. You know where we're talking about air fryers? In our listeners group. We are. We're doing that. And that's part of what it is. And then someone there recommended the really big one because I remember the first air fryer I had and then actually gave away um, was it wasn't big. I was like, yeah, I can't do anything with this. If you can't fit a whole chicken in it, even the three to four pounder, not worth it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm rethinking. But now the big ones are so huge and take so much space on your counter. There are some like nice in-between ones. I only have like a small one and a very large Instant Pot air fryer, which is really cool because it has like a rotisserie in it. But oh. there are now some that are like the countertop ones that are bigger than the little two quart that everyone started with that are more like a four to six quart. And those are really great. I'll, you kind I'll of, hook you up, Stacey. You I'll kind of made me them. hot when you said rotisserie too. <laughs> air fryer, Instant Pot, and rotisserie. All of, yeah. All what? Of the Does it really yeah. work well? Roasting a chicken on it is so much fun and it is so good. It's <gasps> like when you buy a rotisserie chicken at the grocery store. Okay. So will you put that in the show notes for everybody? I will. I'll like, link to I that air that. fryer. Yeah, yeah that's I like that's a what review I want. of it for kitchen. Okay. It is really – it is big. It's like a small uh, toaster oven size. Okay. This Instant Pot air fryer I'm still, one. I'm still feeling – you said rotisserie and I got worked up. Yeah. It's also not heavy. So, like, we keep ours in the garage and I just bring it in when I want to use it. I mean, that's tiny kitchen problems. But I know you have that too. Like, you're I do. very yeah. – your countertop space is very valuable. Very valuable and limited. Okay. And, you know – that's great. Okay, I want that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very distracted. I really want that. I'll link you. Don't worry. I'll, I'll link everybody. I promise. All right. So, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Like Megan said, we're going to be – we have other episodes coming up over the next several months. Will we be talking about ground meat and we'll include chicken? We're going to be talking about grilling. Of course, we'll include chicken. I hope that it's helpful. You know, the book has a ton of recipes. Um Pineapple chicken salad with toasted coconut, fried chicken, Indian style fried chicken thighs, a green and white chicken chili that my family eats all the time. And then it also has some basics, like just how to make a quick chicken stock and a quick uh, chicken soup. Also classic brown stock and regular stock. And there's even a chapter on what to do with leftovers. And even making leftovers, because sometimes I'll just poach chicken that I have, if I don't feel like cooking with it, shred it, and that becomes, quote unquote, leftovers to make stuff with. Uh, so That's such a smart way to avoid food waste, too. Yeah. Just so, buy the Ding Ding book so we can cook from it together, there you, go. you guys. Winner, winner, <laughs> chicken dinner. 50 winning ways to cook it up. And then find us as Do I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook, where you can join our private listeners group, answer the question with the word whiskey or painkiller, and then bring your chicken questions for Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Most importantly, subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and leave a review on iTunes. It actually makes a really big difference. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed. Until next week. Oliver, what is your favorite food in the entire world? Chicken katsu. Yum.